journals. Uh, Michael also holds professional designations in chemistry and safety and health. Everybody, Michael Boylo. How's everyone doing? Good? All right. My voice is usually quite loud, so it's odd for me to use a mic. Um, so I'll preface this entire talk here by saying, uh, if you see the, the small print at the bottom here, um, this is not meant to be um, uh, legal advice whatsoever. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, my background's not in law at all. Uh, my background, in fact, uh, like the previous gentleman said, is in chemistry. Um, so you'll, you'll see this, this theme reoccurring over and over again in the slides, and uh, there's also some handouts on your, your table if you want to collect those. That's just the slide deck, in case you want it. Um, so this isn't really should be considered uh, legal advice whatsoever. Uh, with that in mind, uh, here are some of the learning object objectives that we will go through. So at the end of this talk, hopefully you'll have a little bit uh, better understanding of uh, what impairment actually is, uh, some characteristics of cannabis uh, impairment, uh, employer's responsibilities, some uh, safety-sensitive versus non-safety-sensitive positions, best practices of drug and alcohol policies, as well as knowing appropriate steps to respond to uh, any impairment in the workplace. Uh, as a show of hands, uh, how many people here have uh, an impairment policy already in place? All right. That's good. That's really good. Uh, usually when these talks go on, there's maybe about half of the people do, and sometimes that's less. Uh, with cannabis coming at the forefront, uh, typically this is increased over time. So that's really good for everyone uh, that they have that. Uh, I'll also state that Safe Work Manitoba sometimes gets confused with workplace safety and health. Uh, workplace safety and health are the regulators. Uh, we are not regulators. Uh, we are, if you want to call it uh, prevention experts, we have no regulatory authority whatsoever. So we're here to assist people. Uh, we do so free of charge. Uh, I routinely go out and help people with chemical, biological related uh, safety and health issues, uh, whether that's dose exposures, um, noise, mold, asbestos, all that sort of stuff. That's the kind of under my umbrella. So moving forward, we're talking about impairment. So quick quiz right after lunch. Approximately a quarter of all Canadians uh, meet the criteria for substance abuse in, uh, in their lifetime. True or false? Who says true? Who says false? And everyone else, no opinion? No other answers? All right. The answer is true, right? And uh, that study was done from uh, 2012, so it's uh, a, a little bit older. Um, and then, you know, the question is uh, abuse. What is abuse? So. Does anyone can uh, give a, a, an example of what they might consider what abuse might be? Using it too often? Okay. Okay. So when it becomes a, an issue or a problem in terms of um, uh, of your actual day-to-day -day activities, yeah, that those are all uh, uh, accurate. Um, Here's another part of the quiz. Uh, in order from highest to lowest use, what would you rank these as? You can just yell them out, anyone. 
Alcohol is one. Okay. Bad order right there. So opioid is number one. Alcohol and then cannabis. So cannabis is the lowest. Okay. Anyone else? We have alcohol one from some other people. Okay. Yeah. So once again, 2012, alcohol, they found alcohol is number one, cannabis, and then opioid medication. So opioids has spiked lately. So that might have changed uh, recently, though um, it might not be as widespread as alcohol or cannabis, right? Other question. Uh, which of these sectors that I've seen on this board here, which of these sectors are most likely to report substance at work, substance uh, abuse at work? I got one E. Anyone else? A and B. Actually, the answer is E. Right. So there's all different reasons and rationales for that, right? Um, construction, uh, forestry and mining. Some of those, uh, especially forestry and mining, they might find that it's more secluded. So sometimes they feel like they can get away with certain things. That's what the study was finding. Um, retail uh, can be another uh, more high pressure job. A lot of things that are depending on getting that sale done, right? Your paycheck and your livelihood is depending on those sales. Uh, same thing with real estate. So each one of them has a particular vice or a weak point for uh, substance abuse characteristics. It's getting a little bit further into this. Uh, what is impairment? So you can see up here, impairment, you know, essentially, it's a disturbance of the body or mind, right? It's important to, to know that. Um, and then it has an adverse effect, right? So you'll see a lot of these slides too. These, a lot of these slides have, have a little bit more of a, a negative connotation. But what happens if we see people at, at work that uh, uh, might be impaired that aren't necessarily down or angry, right? They'd be laughing a lot. So, um, and the hazard, once again. So this can be a hazard to a particular worker or themselves or the workplace or the public, right? But once again, maybe you have an impaired person that actually has increased uh, output in their work performance. So they're actually doing work a lot quicker, a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more productions coming through. Some employers might feel that that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But ultimately that is an adverse effect and it's not normal, right? So we're looking outside that, that normal part. Causes of impairment, anyone? What causes impairment? What are we doing here today? What's this, what's this presentation about? Alcohol and other drugs. Alcohol and other drugs. What else? Sleep, yeah. Stress, yeah. I'm looking for number two on this list. You guys hit three and four. Sorry? Mental health, yeah. Um, just medications, right? Other medications, or once again, these are drugs too, and they have uh, an effect on the human body. That's what they were designed to do. So fatigue, so we have uh, tired, and uh, conflict, so mental health issues, right? Uh, possible signs of impairment. Uh, once again, please make note of, uh, uh, at, the, at the asterisk at the bottom of this. So we have physical signs, 
right? Psychological signs, psychosocial signs, uh, workplace performance signs, and being impaired doesn't necessarily mean that there is indicators of substance abuse, right? Just because you might be impaired in that particular time, that place or time, doesn't mean you're necessarily um, have a substance abuse issue. So uh, what are some of the physical signs that might be present in impairment? Anyone? Loss of balance? Slurring. Anyone else? Blurry red eyes. So, um, so we have significant uh, negative change in appearance. It doesn't always have to be necessarily negative. Uh, it can just be a change in appearance sometimes. Um, slurred speech, um, unsteadiness, right? What are some of the uh, psychosocial signs? For everyone that has policies already, how would you identify an impaired worker? So that's a lot of you, right? Anyone? Behavioral changes, absolutely. Right? There's uh, a whole bunch of them. Inappropriate behaviors, extreme irritability, um, significant confusion, memory lapses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what about extreme happiness, right? Something out of the norm. This is what we're trying to drive at here. It's something out of the norm. It's not consistent, right? You can tell that this person doesn't typically act like this. This person doesn't typically isolate themselves. This person doesn't necessarily always put themselves at the forefront of uh, interaction, right? They might be reserved or, or, or the opposite. So something out of the norm. And last one, workplace, workplace performance. So if you have attendance, attendance issues, so um, you might be impaired because you just don't want to go back to work, right? Uh, unexpected errors in, in judgment. So you're doing certain things, maybe it's something to do with manual dexterity, and you're simply missing that punch each time. Hopefully you don't punch your hand, right? So uh, non-compliance, you know, rejecting authority, so on and so forth. People tend to be a, a little bit more loose when they're impaired. So, um, and also, I'll drive this home. Again, um, is this a, no? Uh, these aren't necessarily indicators that there is a substance abuse problem. It's just impairment. So what are some of the impacts at the workplace? Does anyone have any, someone here must have a story. You don't have to use names or anything like that. Not a single story? Sorry? Workplace morale. Absolutely, workplace morale, right? We have a whole list of them here. Um, ultimately, what does this affect? Combine all these things together, what does, it affect? What does this affect as a business owner? bottom line, right? Right? This essentially has an effect on your bottom line. Right? Uh, and these things can cascade. These things can have negative, uh, there's lots of, of negative aspects about that. That's why it's really, really important 
to have that policy in place so it's a guide tells you where to go with this to recognize impairment and what you should do about that how do you help that employee right cannabis all right so um, in the 70s uh, THC so THC is the active uh, ingredient that causes that, that high in, uh, in cannabis increased from from roughly 1% to which one let's see D anyone else Granted, there's a range, but overall, you'll be seeing uh, D. It's increased significantly over time. Um, now, I'll preface that a lot of this information wasn't necessarily legal cannabis, right? So this would be black market-related stuff, right? So the legal cannabis and, uh, industry will have uh, a whole range of THC and CBD concentrations that you can choose from. This is typically found on the black market. Right? So the increase in THC has increased significantly over time. So cannabis, it has several different names, um, and it's been used for a long, long period of time uh, for a multitude of different reasons. Uh, one thing that's missing in there, too, is uh, Jamaica. Jamaica also has the legal use of cannabis for um, uh, religious purposes as well. Uh, it comes in a whole bunch of different products. Uh, you can see all the way from concentrates, uh, hash, uh, oil, pill form, creams, etc., etc. Though right now the, the edibles aren't legal. Okay, so dried forms. Um, as mentioned before, so THC and the CBD. So the THC is the main psychoactive ingredient. Right? CBD is the non-psychoactive, so CBD is typically used for um, uh, a lot of medical purposes. Right? Uh, it acts essentially, essentially on, uh, on pain receptors in the brain. So, in general, cannabis has the, these following uh, criteria when we're talking about uh, impairment and what it actually does to the brain. So, uh, you have basically lapses in memory. Uh, slowed reaction times, and impaired coordination. I'm sure most people have seen those commercials that they have on TV about the guy going through the drive-through lane over and over again at like two kilometers an hour, uh, ordering the you know half the side of the menu. So a lot of that has to do with not realizing that you're doing that over and over again, and just reaction time being slow. Uh, routes of administration. Anyone? What are some of the routes that you can take in cannabis? Smoking it, eating it. Topical, yeah. Very good, Let's nailed the, the, the question right there, perfect. Anything else, two more. Wow, that's good. And one more. Anyone, it's great. Never knew that last one. That's, that's good. So this is an important graph here. And, and the takeaway here, I'm going to show a next slide right after this about alcohol. And this is where much of the, the issues uh, arrive, arise in, in cannabis. Um, 
depending on whether you're, you're smoking it or oral, uh, and, and this is from a, an older study, and many of these studies are either really out of date or um, the information is, is somewhat uh, lacking, you'll see a, 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 a bounty of, of studies coming out in the very near future just because of the legalization aspect of cannabis and the access to cannabis as well. So, uh, but the takeaway here is the time and then the residual that's actually left in the body too. So the difference that we're seeing before, and I'm sure you've seen or, or heard talks about this, is that um, when we're going to talk about measuring this in the future, uh, we're trying to isolate impairment, right? So is a worker impaired if you can test and find cannabis in them two days later? Depends, right? Are they continuously um, taking in cannabis? Or is it a one-time thing on the weekend? And then, you know, this was on a Friday night, and then on Monday there was a, a, a test at work, haven't touched anything since then, and it comes back positive. What does that mean? Right? So the latency period of, of cannabis and, and how it's metabolized in the body and the fat cells and the hair and all that sort of stuff, you can pick it up and, and you can measure it and you'll have measure it in actual quantifiable quantities, right? As opposed to alcohol, which gets metabolized and passed through the body uh, quite quickly. So notice here that the graph is all over the place. The lines aren't exactly smooth. Alcohol, they're all essentially linear over time. If you imbibe in any sort of alcohol, you know that after a certain period of time, it's washed through your system. And that's the big difference, right? And that's a lot of challenges where you have uh, the legal sector and, and what does this actually mean and how can you actually tell. So the effects of, of cannabis with other drugs, especially alcohol, um, tends to give you a, a, bigger, um, uh, a bigger level of intoxication, right? Um, and it actually can be compounded if it's consumed with other sort of uh, depressants. So um, barbiturates, opioids, et cetera, et cetera, you can have that, that compounding effect which has that lasting uh, on the body in a much different way. Relevant legislation. So as of the 17th of October, there is a Cannabis Act that was passed federally. Um, essentially, it's just a, a, a legal framework that, that states that you know, cannabis is now uh, legal. But in terms of, of what that means in Manitoba, um, Workplace Safety and Health Act and, and regs and the Human Rights Code is, is probably more applicable to this, this group here. Uh, essentially, what we fall back on would be the general duty clause. So I used to be in enforcement a number of years ago, and uh, I always find that if there wasn't a particular law that uh, was, was, was prevalent, um, that it didn't necessarily fit in one of the categories because the company was either doing something different, something new, something, whatever it might be. The general duty clause tends to be something that you can um, look towards. So like cannabis would be, uh, would be an example of this. Uh, and, and part one here is the important part. You essentially have to ensure the safety of health of the workers at that particular place, that, uh, that, you know, at the workplace. Due to the supervisor, also, um, the supervisor is also, the, the whole act in regs is designed so that the uh, employer and the supervisor has the, the most amount of responsibility and the most amount of authority uh, 
and therefore they have to ensure the safety and health of everyone else in the facility. So that is essentially, uh, I, don't, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, I'm assuming that at some point in time, um, if there was be enforcement around this, it could be related to in part to some of this as well. Human Rights Code. So this is where we get into some of the more finer details about um, can you test? So do you guys, that, everyone here that has a policy, do you have a testing procedure? Do you have, are you allowed to test whenever you want? Is there uh, pre-described testing periods? Is there any tests? What do you guys have? Nothing. No testing? So what do you rely on? Let's take alcohol, for instance. If we just take alcohol so we, we get cannabis out of this. If someone, uh, you suspect that there is drinking on the job, um, do you guys have a breathalyzer or anything on work? Typically not, right? So is it necessarily uh, needed that you have some sort of device that measures uh, THC at your, at your work either? Probably not, right? It's not necessarily important. Um, when we get into to testing, it becomes a little, uh, a little bit of a gray area. And once again, a stress, not legal advice, not a lawyer, um, but all these things are, need to be considered. So uh, you have disabled, disabilities that you need to take into account, um, you need to accommodate, uh, but also that you, you, should, you need to be able to accommodate up to a certain point, right? What is that point, right? And undo hard, hardship, what does that actually mean? So. Uh, that's a really good question for, uh, for your legal team. So, but the, the important part is that uh, being under the influence, so if someone says, like, listen, I'm allowed to, to be under the influence at work, um, no, not, not necessarily, right? Um, it, it's, it's not discriminatory. That's not allowed necessarily at work, and it, and it doesn't go against the human rights code. Um, but there's always a but, right? There's, there's always that, that asterisk at the end of that where um, you want to make sure that you're, you're adhering to these things, but you do not want to go against uh, the code and discriminate in a particular manner. So uh, if you always see this one particular person, it, it, once again, we want to go back, is this out of the norm for this person? Uh, a lot of people stereotype. They dress a certain way. They do a certain thing. You know, they see their friends coming with picking them up after work and whatnot, and they think, hey, that's a problem case there. I don't know, is it? Um, it's when you deviate from that, that, that normality. Is that person always like that, or now are they ex extraordinarily isolated? Are they extraordinarily, um, you know, being in the, in the face of the public eye? So you want to make sure that you're not actually discriminating in, based on, on different factors. So. Um, so bonafide requirement, um, you want to make sure that it meets the following requirements. Uh, you have to make sure that essentially that, that, that the, what you're, you're planning on doing is, is, and this is going to lead into safety sensitive jobs. Um, whatever you're planning on doing with that particular worker, uh, is that connected to the performance of the job, right? You want to uh, ensure that um, 
whatever you're doing is adopted in, in good faith and uh, it, it's, it's, it's related to the legitimacy of the actual workplace. So you might find different things, different tasks as that worker doing um, you know, something that, that is out of the ordinary that would require uh, a different performance factor for that particular job or, or not. Is there um, you know, a, an impairment issue with that sort of thing? So can anyone give me an example of what a safety sensitive position is and, and one that isn't safety sensitive? Pilot, which would be what? Safety sensitive or safe, non -sa not safety sensitive? Right. So what about non-safety sensitive? Is there such a thing? Okay. Someone said yes. What about if they use in context with the rest of the people in the office? Can we stretch that even further? Is there is there something we can say, as long as we're interacting with any other employee, there, there is a, an ownership, at least maybe in a small part, that there is some sort of a safety-sensitive position? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, pilot, though, is pretty obvious, right? Working with heavy machinery, you know, operating a, a truck or a vehicle, um, using an you know, 80-ton press to stamp out steel parts. Uh, I used to analyze cyanide way back in the day uh, for uh, a commercial lab. And uh, if you're not familiar with that, cyanide is what they, they use to kill people in the gas chamber. So, uh, you know, you have to be cognizant of what you're doing at all times, because not only could you affect yourself, but everyone else in that facility as well. So, uh, there's a definition here, uh, Canadian Rights, Human Rights Commission, uh, safety sensitive, uh, essentially, you have significant damage to property, to, uh, to people and others around themselves, as well as the, the public and or uh, immediate environment. So it's pretty broad, right? You can probably have an example for just about anything. Uh, it might be a stretch in some regards, but um, you know, that's, that's a definition right there. Drug testing. Who has drug tests at their work? One person? That's it? There's only one person? No one else? Okay. Uh, typically, most places have some form of, uh, you know, minor testing. At least, we'll, we'll, especially in a room like this, we might get about, you know, 10 people or so. Uh, and typically, um, there's a zero tolerance for a lot of that stuff, which can be problematic in some cases. Drug testing. Um, <coughs> You know, you need to have uh, some sort of a, a general concern for safety in the workplace. Uh, so what is your tasks? What are your duties? What are you doing? Um, limited means to determine impairments. So once again, when we touched on a little bit of that before, cannabis stays in your system for a long period of time. So how are you actually testing, right? You can test a whole bunch of different ways, saliva, um, your hair, blood, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that worker is impaired right now. So what are you actually testing? Uh, there's challenges with that. And there's also a rapidly changing environment uh, which is occurring all the time and it's going to be occurring going forward. And ultimately, seek legal counsel on this, right? Important. So, uh, policy. Ha who here, like a lot of the people here have a drug and alcohol policy. Has anyone actually had to, is anyone in HR and had to make it themselves? Some people, a couple, one, two, three, okay. 
Was it easy? Nope. No, it's never easy. Um, first of all, policies are, are designed uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. And um, one of them is, is demonstrate a safe workplace. Why is that important? Why might that be important? Anyone? Legislative requirement. Sure. <laughs> it is a legislative requirement, right? But what, what, what in terms of morale, if you demonstrate that this is a safe workplace? Does that, does that increase morale or decrease morale? Increase morale, right? Is increased morale a good thing for the workplace? Absolutely, very much so. So another thing is it gives guidance and uh, to employers, to manager, managers and workers. So this is acceptable, this is not, and this is how we deal with things, right? Um, and also it's, it's, it's a liability issue too. You can help protect against uh, um, and reduce employer liability. So in general, these are the different things that uh, it, when you would go about making a, uh, uh, a policy, you would evaluate each one of these steps. Um, I was talking to, to Darren just a little while ago and apparently CCOHS also has a, a template that, that's available. That's a free template? Yeah. Okay, free template if forever for people who don't have a policy, a drug alcohol policy, or want to check or revamp their policy. Um, it's uh, through CCOHS and you can uh, take a look at it there. So there's a little, uh, a little guide here. We have a needs assessment, uh, policy development, employee training, supervisor training. Training is a huge aspect, right? Without training, we don't know if the employee or employer un quite understand, understands exactly what the, the policies are. Uh, support resources and evaluation. So needs assessment. So when you're starting to develop these things, um, first, is there even a problem in your workplace, right? Now, it's not saying that you shouldn't have a policy if there is no problem, um, but you handle it differently. The policy is handled in a much different way. And a policy is always a, it's a living document, right? So that, that document needs to be revised, revisited, and changed uh, on a regular basis. So if there's no uh, issue or concerns with impairment right now, maybe there will be later on, right? So it it's, would need to be modified down the road. Um, What's the impact or risk? So we had an example before about uh, a safety sensitive position, uh, an op a pilot versus an office worker. So um, what's the impact or risk is going to be much, much different for a pilot versus an office worker. And ultimately, how are you going to deal with an impaired worker? So you have an impaired worker at your workplace, right? Someone called in, they have a complaint, they said, Jim's out back, and I saw him. He was uh, he was drinking. He was uh, he was uh, smoking, and and I think he's impaired right now. What do you do? And then ultimately, uh, what resources are available? So, if you do find that there's a, a worker that has that impairment issue, what kind of resources are you going to provide to that that employer or that employee to help your uh, help them out, right? So ultimately, uh, here are some best practices. Uh, you want to make sure that this policy is unique to your workplace. Your workplace is a unique place. You must have a policy that reflects that. That CCOHS document is a generic one. It must be modified. 
um, you should have development with all forms of employer levels, uh, management and safety committees. Also seek legal counsel, that's very important. Um, also you want to make sure that there's definitions involved. Not everyone is um, understanding of all types of languages and also some people might find that one word means one thing and someone else might find that it means something completely different. So we want to uh, essentially, we need a statement of purpose. So what's the purpose of this document, right? And we have to set up scope. So this document will cover this material, not this. You can't have it just blanket right across. It's going to be too large and, uh, and too, uh, too unwieldy. Um, you want to make sure that there's confidentiality there. So what does that actually mean? Can you tell that to anyone? Can you tell it to your safety and health committee? Can you, who can you discuss this matter with, right? Uh, reporting procedures, what does that look like? And accommodation for a, a medical requirement. So there is a potential uh, medicine as well, right? So cannabis can be treated as, as medicine as well. And other, there's other medications as well that would be considered, uh, you might, a worker might can be considered impaired if they're taking that, but it is a requirement for them to take that medication. So how do you handle that? All right. So, um, employee education and supervisor training, that's very, very important, very important, uh, and also support. So there's different things. Our workplace has an EAP program. The EAP program is completely separate from the workplace, so no one at the workplace actually knows that you even use the service, and it's there in case of anything, you know, um, marital issues, um, uh, different abuse uh, situations, it could be anything, right? Sorry? Uh, employee assistance program, right? Um, different entities have, like Blue Cross, I think, has an EAP program. There's other ones that have it as well. Um, so, uh, you know, you'd have different uh, statements of when substance testing will be done. So if you are doing testing, play it out. This is when we're gonna be doing it. This is how we're gonna be doing it. Um, and disciplinary actions. So what does your disciplinary actions look like? And then also in a place for both employee and supervisor to sign. So the training, uh, it's very important to have that training. I keep driving that home. Um, that worker needs to understand what's going on and the supervisor definitely needs to understand as well. They need to understand how to enforce that policy. Uh, supports and resources. So just because you might have a worker that has an abuse issue, you wouldn't just let them go. You know, you'd have to have some sort of support for them. And uh, a reintegration, return to work plan, it's really important too, right? And like I said, living document. So this needs to be reevaluated constantly, right? Much like a business plan, that business plan changes and needs to be, re you know, reviewed possibly every quarter, uh, once a year. Same thing, is your policy effective? Is it successful, right? It's bottom line, at the end of the day, it's complicated. Gotta do your due diligence and seek legal counsel. So, um, responding to um, impairment. So, right now, um, I have exactly a minute left. Uh, things to consider, right? When we're, we're seeing someone that's potentially impaired, uh, is there a, a risk to their job, right? Is there any cognitive ability or judgment? Is there something that, that's really important for them to do? Pilots, you know, you don't want them to be flying a plane, obviously. 
uh, side effects, medical conditions. So if you're actually taking medication, right, is there side effects to that medication? So if it's something serious, call 911. Uh, ask another person to, whenever you're actually doing this sort of thing and confronting an employee, have someone with you, right? Have another supervisor, a designated person. It should be outlined in your actual policy. And have any concerns that request uh, explain what's going on, right? Also very important. And discuss accommodations. What does that actually mean? So we'll just finish up here very quickly. So um, you need to be able to notify people that's in, the, that's in your company, so whether that's HR or senior management, as well as provide documentation of, of help or assistance and also ensure a safe way to get home. If that person's impaired, don't just say, see you later and jump into your car and have a good one, right? That's, that's not good. Um, and also, like, what kind of disciplinary actions are there available? So here is our little uh, spot the hazard, assess the risk, find a safer way every day. Um, it's a safe acronym, so we can do that applicable for impairment. And hopefully, you've picked up some a uh, little bit more information on all the, the points that we hit at the beginning. And that's us. Any questions? We have time for two questions. Um, so THC levels are going up like, yes, um, that could be one example. It could be also that the, the next guy wants to get the biggest, baddest thing on the market. You can look at like alcohols the same way. There's some alcohols that have, um, you know, a very high alcohol ethanol content in them. Uh, wine is much lower, but you can have some rums and whiskeys that are over 70%, right? So it just depends on, on what that particular... Um, um, end user what they want. So if they want something bigger and badder, then they would go that way. Correct. That's that's a good question. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not that guy uh, to give that, that I, I suspect that any sort of edibles is, is not legal but uh, You'd have to ask a, a lawyer. Uh, Seek legal counsel um, would be the bold, underlined, italicized um, version of that. 
does it go against the human rights code once again like why are you doing that is it just a blanket policy which that might actually infringe um it, it really depends there's lots of people um so i i've been doing this sort of thing for a while now and there's lots of people who have policies which actually don't necessarily uh, coincide with the law so just because it's policy it doesn't necessarily mean it's legal so um that's about all i can comment unfortunately on that so Time for one more question. I'm just wondering if you could um, say more about uh, how somebody goes on to disability. Um, if you have a worker who's um, impaired at work, uh, either you're, you're seeing a pattern that they're talking about or Right. Uh, I would definitely reach out to WCB about that. So uh, I'm, I'm not an expert in that area in terms of, of what that means and, and how you meet the definitions and what your requirements are. But uh, WCB, the, you know, even come to me after asking, I'll, I'll send you off the, the right uh, location to go and find someone about that. So. Thank you, Michael. 